Happy holidays and welcome back to another episode of Writer Break, the official podcast of Egadevil.com, in search of a better tagline. I'm your host, Egadevil, and this is episode 11. Last year, I took a quick look at virtually every Christmas-themed Come Ride episode up to that point, and in a later show, covered the Forsyth episode. I plan to revisit a couple of those in the future and go more in-depth, but this year, I had a real conundrum. The Wizard episode that aired this past Sunday was a great Christmas story, but I haven't even really talked much about Wizard aside from the Ultimatum episode, or on HE Radio, and that was a few months ago. And I've been meaning to rewatch most of the episodes anyway, since many of them I saw once when they aired live, and haven't gotten around to revisiting them since. So, I had myself a merry little marathon, and here's my yuletide feelings. Okay, I'll stop that. Uh, anyway, these are my thoughts on the first 16 episodes of Common Rider Wizard. Alright, I guess I'll start off with my overall thoughts on the show up to this point. This is a good time to do that, I think, since we're past the first quarter, the last storyline just concluded with one episode, the show's taking a break next weekend, so it'll return in 2013 with the start of a new storyline and the debut of a new character. But we'll get to him. As for what has aired thus far, brace yourselves for a shock, but I like Comrade Wizard a lot. I know, right? Who could have seen that coming? Now, I know that this show has been pretty divisive in some circles, which basically means it's exactly like every other writer's show for the past few years. Some people are loving it, some aren't. I've just kind of reached the point where I expect that, and I know that, you know, invariably opinions are going to shift, especially once the show is over and a couple years old. So I can't really tell you anything other than what I think uh, right now. And what I think is that this is a good show. Rewatching it really helped make me appreciate a lot of the finer details that I missed on the first viewing. Uh, with that said, I do understand why it's not to everyone's liking. Because before I gave the episodes a second watch, I think my feelings on Wizard were that, or my basic, my general feeling anyway, was that it was good, but it did feel like there was something that just wasn't quite clicking. Like I, I still enjoyed the show. I still had a good time watching it, but it hadn't yet gotten that this is Common Rider feel that comes usually within the first 10 episodes, or at least the first 13. And that's not to say it didn't feel like a Common Rider show, but it's like there's this moment when the series goes from simply being the new Rider show and becomes the, like, capital T-H-E common writer of the year it becomes the face of the franchise and you can't imagine it any other show except that one being the current series and and that the main character from that show like wizard right now to me he's the face of common writer just like forza was and o's was before him so you know when the movies come out and they're front and center it feels right it feels like th- this is this is our hero for the year and this is his show and and this is the latest in the never-ending saga of Kamen Rider and all that. After the rewatch, I will say that this is one of those shows that's a lot like Kuga in that I prefer to watch two episodes at a time, having the entire script play out before me all at once, rather than splitting it up. 
Some shows I can watch in their originally aired format of, you know, 24, 25 minutes with a cliffhanger or a break at the end. But Wizard is one that I enjoy most when I get the whole story all at once. I think this is probably because I find that the individual episodes, they're still very enjoyable. But when you examine the stories as the complete two-episode arc, like the way it was written in the script, because that's usually how they're done. They're, the, a script will either have the, the content of two episodes in it, or they'll be written simultaneously, the same writer, in, a, in the same production block, that kind of stuff. But yeah, when you look at them that way, each sort of story arc has a very strong element that pertains to a particular main character, and and that really shines through when you watch the episodes together. Like, episode two on its own is good, episode three on its own is good. When you watch them together, you really get that it's all about Shunpei, and it's about his his story and, and his introduction and the process that he goes through as a character. Episodes 4 and 5 are about Koyomi and, and so on and so forth. Now the ironic thing, of course, is that Wizard is the first show in a long time to do single-part stories for episodes 1 and 16. Uh, and those turned out great. Again, though, I think it's that you get the whole story in those. Episode 1, despite introducing Wizard and his universe, it also feels to me like it's really the best Rinko story up to this point, and it's a, it's a complete story about her. It does sort of t- bleed over into the next two, uh, in how she, she goes to discover, you know, who was this guy that saved her and all that. But I, I think it's it's still a good story for her, in terms of her history, and, and what it is that, why the Phantoms are targeting her, that sort of thing. And 60, and I'll get to that, but I thought that was just a great little one-shot Christmas story, basically. Um, but from there, I think we'll segue into sort of a quick episode breakdown, or at least a story arc breakdown, kind of going from the beginning up to 16, and, and what I thought of each storyline of the show so far. Okay, episode one. Great intro episode. This is one we talked about a lot on HA Radio, so I feel like I've probably covered most of what I have to say about it. It's a strong opening episode that got me interested in what the show is about. And I liked Haruto pretty much from the moment he appears. Oh, eating the donuts. I thought that was a great that was a great transition from the magical circle to the donut. That was cool. Like I said, I think it's the best use of Rinko thus far, and it's probably the closest to what a lot of people wanted the character to be, which is a good police detective type character, which we haven't really had in a long time. I mean we sorta of had I guess in O's Goto he wasn't really a police anymore. I mean, he was sort of a former... Uh, he, you know, he was a good character in his own way, but I don't know if you'd call him, like, a good police character. That was just sort of a part of his past. But I think what a lot of people wanted was a character like Ichijo, that sort of thing. And I think it... Uh, I'll get into this a bit later when I talk more about Rinko, but I think it's it's a fair criticism that she hasn't turned out that way. But I do sort of like the character that she is, too. Uh, right now in the show. And if you want to see her kicking butt, just wait till Ultimatum comes out. 
again, the fact that they did it in one episode was pretty cool, and I'm curious to see if one-parters are going to be a regular thing, if they're just doing them to, like, break up the episodes differently for the DVDs. That's sort of how I imagined the reason they did uh, 16 as a one-parter was because there's the whole gap at the end of the year, but also on the DVDs, it'll... I think it'll go that way, right? It'll be 13, 14, 15, 16 on one volume. So it might be that. I don't know. Or or maybe it's going to become a more regular thing in the future, and we're going to start seeing more single-part writer episodes. I'd certainly like to, uh, because if they do them as well as these ones, I'd, I'd be interested to see, because they, they do a pretty good job of having, within the 24, 25-minute time frame, of giving you story development and all that and good character moments and all that but still giving you some pretty good fight scenes and, and action sequences too so we'll see okay episodes two and three Shunpei's introduction which means you either love it or it's the moment that the show goes down the tubes <laughs> uh, I'll get into Shunpei a bit more when I cover the characters but I think if you just take these two episodes on their own it's a pretty good story for him as a character, it's it's got a nice arc to it, as he as he comes in, in how he comes in as this very idealistic, bright-eyed guy who, really, uh, it gets pretty harsh in places. Now I think it's a good showcase for just how evil the Phantoms can be, because you have this whole thing about humiliating the guy on national television and then literally burning his childhood dreams before his eyes, which I found really pretty intense moment actually uh there's some good bike action uh the, again fight scenes I'll, I'll get into fight scenes in general a bit more later but i'm really loving the action wizard so far i think there are some great uh fight sequences but i found the cliffhanger at the end of two a bit weird and i think this is what i mean about preferring to watch the story as a whole rather than with a, a weak gap in the middle uh, because the thing about cliffhangers is they are kind of ludicrous by their very nature, since you know the hero isn't going to die next episode. But I think you can still build it up as a good, threatening situation, and then you want to see the resolution too. And some later episodes do this very well, but I always felt like, it, at the end of 2, Shinpei's realization that he can use magic is its more of sort of like a, a cut to commercial break and then we come back to see how this goes moment. Like, I don't know if it's something I would end an episode on, but maybe that's just me. Anyway, I really like the bit where Rinko explains how she found the antique shop. That was good. When she's like, I'm a detective, of course. And the flashback to the solar eclipse ceremony is awesome stuff and really pretty gruesome when you think about it. Two things I'm really loving about this show are the concept for the villains and the stuff about how Haruto doesn't necessarily see being wizard as a good thing. And it, it does treat it as a, a burden for him that and something that he doesn't want other people to go through. And I'll get back to that, of course, when I talk about him. But yeah, good, good storyline. Episodes 4 and 5. Great episodes for Kiyomi, and I like that they revealed what she is, or at least what they think she is, uh, this early on. I was wondering what her deal was going to be around this point, and it was cool that they actually acknowledged it. I think she's a really interesting character. You know, and again, I, I sort of, I'm sorry that I kind of uh, keep putting myself off here, but I'm, I'm trying to save, like, character discussion for after the episodes, but but yeah, th these were good ones, and I, I liked that we found out what her deal was, at least. Again, another really good flashback with her and Haruto. 
I think uh, Wizard does a good job of sort of spreading out its backstory in these early episodes and, and giving us a good idea of at least the basics of what happened. We still don't really know how they ended up at the ceremony. They say they were kidnapped, and that's something I would really like to see because that sounds pretty cool and very <laughs> traditionally common Rider-ish, so I hope they uh, touch on that again. But Really interesting monster. I always like seeing non-Japanese actors showing up anyway. Um, to touch briefly on the main villains, it's around this point when I first watched the show that I wasn't really blown away with them. But looking back now, having seen the kind of character that, that Medusa will be, and that especially Phoenix will be, a lot of what they say makes more sense. And I like the whole idea of Phoenix that he'd rather just go around killing everybody himself instead of doing all this gate business because that fits in very well with the kind of character he's ultimately sort of shown to be in a couple episodes. And I do find the resolution pretty funny because the pianist guy basically says, screw this, I'm moving out of Japan. Episodes 6 and 7, despite being more lighthearted in the first half with all the romance stuff, I really see this as it's primarily it's a Haruto story since it's where we learn about his past prior to the whole solar ceremony thing, at least a little bit of it. And it's sort of like a good lead-in to the next storyline, which is very much about him and his past. Um, but I, again, yeah, I, I think this one, even though he's sort of peripheral at the beginning, especially as it builds towards the end, I think it's it's really a good story for him. And he's been a constant throughout the show because he's the star, of course. But I think you could say that all the episode, or at least the storylines up to this point, have focused more on the supporting cast, and he's sort of a guy that, that goes through them and and continually tells them how I'm your last hope and all that. He's the he's the glue holding it all together. And here's where I think he gets a little bit more time to shine, I guess. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of mashing it together with the next two, but I, I I don't know. I just I get this sense from these two that they're a good story for Haruto anyway. Uh, Iris actress shows up you know, from Denno, uh, and she's really, really good. I really liked the character that she played, and I think for as goofy as things are at the beginning, uh, and, and, and quite rightly so, I, I really enjoyed some of the, the silliness in this one, but I think the second half of episode seven gets pretty serious and even a bit downbeat, which is something that I think Wizard has done really well, where hope is this continual theme that runs throughout every episode. And they always talk about hope and looking towards the future and all that. But the show can also go into some pretty dark places. And when we found out the whole reason for the big con and all that, I was really taken aback. I was actually kind of, uh, you know, emotionally touched by it. I thought, yeah, I understood the the plight of this character and all that and sort of the desperation of it. And, I, and the ending of this one is, is really kind of a heartwarming moment to me that when the guy shows up and is like, I'll buy the house and you have to buy it back from me. I mean, I kind of interpret it as he's sort of like proposing to her almost. I mean, that's that's just my own reading of it. But because I, I feel like, you know, early in the episode when he talked about that she's actually a nice person and tried to save him and all that. I could see how you might interpret that as, as being like, they're going to fall in love for real or something like that. I don't know. I mean, that's just me, maybe. But, uh, yeah, I, I like that a lot. 
Uh, and I also have to say the fire effects for when the house is burning looked really good. And I'm assuming they did that with a mix of digital and real flames for the close-ups where they do the old shoot-through-the-fire trick, but it's just something that leapt out to me. Like, Wizard uses a lot of CGI fire and stuff, but I think they do a pretty good job with it most of the time, and, and that's good because the next story has a ton of it. Okay, episodes 8 and 9. For me... These are the strongest episodes of the series so far. If, if I were to show somebody one complete wizard story, it would be this one. Putting aside the great Forza episodes that aired this year, at least one of these, I think, is going to go down as a, one of my top episodes of the year. It's hard to choose. Like Again, you know, I'm talking about wizard in terms of the storylines or the story arcs, the two episodes together. So it, it's sort of hard to single out one. I guess if I had to choose, it would be nine, because that has the majority of the really good moments, but eight is still really good, too. Um, but I think it's a great showcase for Haruto. Like I said, these episodes are very much about him, uh, even though it, it's also about the kid and all that. I mean, you've got all that story, too, but it's reflected back into Haruto and his own feelings and his history and all that. We we really dive into his history with his parents and all that. And these episodes really show him at his most driven and, and desperate so far. And the part when he says he's scared, when he kind of admits to, I believe, Rinko, Right, yeah, before Kayomi shows up and gives him the ring, uh, when he says he's scared, that to me was an amazing moment because it rings completely true. That's one of the things I'm most afraid of, too, losing the people I love because that's part of life. You know, we all know that everybody has their time, but it doesn't stop it from still being something that we, we just never want to face and being able to do whatever we can to somehow stop that it's hard to describe really but um yeah that that was just something that really kind of hit me and and that's uh, you know that's one of those things that i love about kamen or togusatsu in general uh when for all the the wackiness and the, the goofiness and the craziness and the the toys and the over-the-top effects and costumes and whatever when it really can just get at you with this sort of raw emotion when you really do sort of reach a point where it doesn't matter that it's a a, a kid show or whatever if you want to call it that or not it, you know it, all that stuff you just kind of throw it aside and and just concentrate on the fact that this guy i mean even though he's talking about this this over-the-top scenario where this flaming bird man is going to come in and, and kill everybody i mean the way he expresses it it just i don't know uh, I I totally bought into it. And I I was like, yeah, that's that's right. I I get it. And I don't know. And I guess there's also something that's kind of chilling about seeing the hero admit that he's scared. I mean, I know we've had that before. I don't know. And just in this this one case, it really that was that was definitely a moment that that stood out to me. Um, these episodes really made me into a Phoenix fan. Like I said, up to this point, I found the main villains just kind of there. Like Phoenix and Medusa, they were cool, but they felt basically like people who really liked the Grongi, the Undead, and the Greed. And they were like, let's do that. 
and, and that's what they do. They sort of hang around in empty buildings and alleys. They talk cryptically. They sometimes sort of express curiosity about aspects of human culture, like when Phoenix tries the food drink. But mostly they're just sort of sending people out to do stuff, uh, which I, I think you could argue is... That's, you know, kind of like Comrade Villains in a nutshell. I mean, there's always going to be, you know, the guys in the base telling the Monsters of the Week what to do and all that. Uh, but especially with this one, I guess that, I don't know, I just sort of feel like the last couple of Rider series have really got into this whole idea of the monsters being corruptions in some way, where you have some evil force that is giving kids switches or throwing medals at people or selling them these evil memories or whatever, and then having them go out and do something that will somehow smash somebody's dreams or whatever. I mean, it, it kind of, it's like a mixture of sort of the Deno idea of going into people's pasts and things like that, and then there's bits of double in there, and uh, I don't know, I'm kind of just rambling, but maybe, maybe you know what I'm talking about, where this, this is like a thing that Rider villains do now where the real kind of evil, they're sort of hanging back and having these other guys go out and do things sort of one at a time. Uh, you know, like I said, though, I mean, that that's very typical of, of old Rider villains, too. I guess just the difference is that the schemes and the plans that they had, they sort of aimed a bit higher, I guess. They're like, we're going to blow up a whole oil field or we're going to, you know, destroy the Bank of Japan or whatever, or something like that. And it's a bit more small scale in the modern shows and a bit more personal but I think that's still it's still good it's still very dramatic and you can still have it have uh, huge consequences if the, suddenly there's a giant monster running around trashing the city or whatever like as a result of that you know and then there's just the whole idea that that every life is important and every every person's hope you know every person deserves to have hope you know like that I think that to me was sort of in Forze kind of the, the message was like everybody deserves to have friends but yeah everybody deserves to have hope so the, vil the villains targeting that and trying to destroy that um i don't know where i'm going with that i'm, <laughs> I'm just rambling but okay but yeah back to phoenix uh medusa had a good moment back in episode four but i think this is really where phoenix came alive and showed that he is a vicious bastard and I love that he's built up to be this virtually unbeatable threat where nothing Wizard has can can even scratch him. Like, he is just unstoppable. And he's sadistic and cruel, and the dream sequence that Haruja has is just chilling stuff. It was really good. And, and uh, again, it was one of those sort of things where I wasn't expecting that, and you almost feel like, you know, oh, they can't get away with that on television these days, but <laughs> they did it. And, uh, yeah, it was it was good. I mean, dark, but... And, you know, of course, darkness does not equal quality. But I, in this case, I think, it, it was definitely one of those things where it was a dark moment, but it was it was very well played. And I, I think it's good that it was a dream sequence. I'm glad it didn't happen for real. Because I actually... Re I really liked the, uh, the supporting characters in this one, like the side characters, the family, the kid. Yeah, I, you know, I, I empathized with his plight and all that. And I, you know, I liked the mother and her concern. I, that was it was really kind of sweet. So I'm glad that they got a happy ending. <laughs> um, but I was originally unsure about having Phoenix survive because I thought it sort of undercut Haruto's victory. But looking back, I think that works a lot better since now he's a reoccurring menace, and I'm always excited whenever he shows up. 
and gets in on the action. And it sort of feels like he's a good foil for Wizard. Like, when he appears on the scene, Wizard's extra mad because he remembers what this guy did and how he really pushed him to the brink. Uh, and he's got a he's got a beatdown coming. Uh, and and also, I guess it should be pretty obvious that the guy named Phoenix has the ability to come back to life after being blown up. So, you know, can't fault him there. The debut of Flame Dragon is really good stuff, and I like that it doesn't immediately work. But then we get that whole sequence with the underworld and the dragon itself. That was really cool. Of course, I love that he can dual wield the Wiz Sword guns. And that's really, that's just scratching the surface of these episodes. I mean, there's all these little things, like the scene where Kiyomi says that Rinko got arrested, which, to me, was one of the show's best laugh-out-loud moments. Uh, You know, that was actually, like, go back and watch it again, kind of, (laughs) that sort of scene. Um, But, yeah, I just love these episodes. I thought they were fantastic. And uh, really, I, I guess this was sort of the point where I did, you know, the show clicked for me. Like I said, you know, I, I watched the episodes the first time and thought, okay, yeah, they're good. Watching them again really has cemented the quality of them in my eyes. But but this is one where, even the first time I watched it, I really liked this story. Okay, episodes 10 and 11. Another good story. Uh, you know, especially coming off the last one, you'd think that they would go down, but uh, I, I like this one. The whole conspiracy cover-up angle with the NSA, that's something I think uh, I'd like to see more of, although I feel like we probably won't get it in this show unless they somehow tie Beast into it or something like that. Otherwise, I feel like they've kind of resolved it with this story and and what they did with the the character who was sort of the face of the NSA and all that. Uh, But I like the idea in general a lot, and I'd love to see maybe a more dedicated take on it someday. Like It's one of those things, that and, and sort of the whole urban legends aspect of the old riders that they had in Forze, you know, mixing those together, I think you could do some really cool things about government cover-ups and all that, and and stuff like that, but uh, that's getting off track. Now, that said, I do like that they took what really could have been a pretty one-note character and gave him a nice background that sort of explains why he's so aloof when we first meet him. And, and just, like, what his sort of problem is with everybody. But uh, I also like how relaxed Haruto is about the whole thing. And I really got to say, I'm loving what his actor does in this show. And I think he does underplay stuff, which to me is sort of the idea, because I see Haruto very much as in the, the prototypical writer model of he's a character who he wears a mask even when he isn't literally wearing one he's keeping his emotions in check he's got a second sort of personality beneath the guy that we usually see and he lets it slip during the moments when he's sort of being more silly or more sarcastic because uh, when he does goofy stuff I, I usually laugh I, I, I find it pretty funny because it's, it's got this nice sort of contrast to his usual personality but um, I'll have to wait until the series is over, but so far he's really climbing up the ladder as, as being one of my favorite riders, i got to say. Uh, I just, yeah, there's there's just something about the character that I, I always enjoy seeing him and, and seeing what he does, seeing his facial reactions. This is something, uh, I guess it's, a, it's not too big of a spoiler, but at the end of Ultimatum, uh, he gets to do the handshake with Gentaro, you know, which you probably saw coming. 
Um, but when he does it, the expression on his face, it, I just, it makes me smile because it's like, yeah, we're common riders. We're cool. Like, he just, he looks so, like, pumped to be doing it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I'm really liking the guy, I gotta say. <laughs> He's a good lead. All right, episodes 12 and 13. Uh, I went into these ones thinking this is probably going to be the weak link because I remember watching, I think, bits of them on TV. I'm not sure. I, I, there's a couple episodes where I missed, like, a few minutes at the beginning or at the end because I had to go off and do something, whatever. So this one, like, I remember, you know, okay, a lot of it's about Shunpei and there's all this Manju stuff and all that. I, I kind of wasn't looking forward to this one on the rewatch, but... You know, again, I I really liked it. Now, I'll grant you that the cliffhanger is pretty contrived since it it really hinges on Shinpei just doing something stupid. But I think that's actually kind of the whole idea of these episodes is that he starts to question his role in the show because he's supposed to be Haruto's assistant, but he's just kind of been there in the background a lot of the time, you know, wearing these weird tights that make it look like his legs have some sort of infection. I don't know what the story is with his fashion. <laughs> um, I guess, it, you know, it, it's quirky. I'll give him that. But, yeah, he does a lot of weird, often kind of goofy, goofball, stupid stuff. But but here, he's really trying his hardest to get involved and to help out. Now, if you aren't a, a Shunpei fan, I can understand how this might be pretty insufferable. I know... Some people have told me, they're like, you know, is, is Wizard worth watching because I, I can't stand the Shunpei guy and all that. Um, Yeah, I don't really have an answer for you right now. I, I'm just, I'm going to sort of reiterate this again, but I think, you know, try the next episode. Try when Beast comes into the show. I think that's a good jumping on point. And Shunpei, I, I've gotten used to the guy. I, I don't mind him that much, but uh, yeah, I think he's all right. He's he's not my favorite character or anything, but I I don't hate him. I'll say that. <laughs> um, but also, you have to really be willing to watch people agonize over Manju <laughs> to get through these episodes because there's a lot of that. But yeah, I'm used to the culinary stuff in in Kamen Rider, so yeah, I dug this one. I particularly like the monster, who again is a nice sort of rotten to the core evil guy uh, with a really cool design that originally I thought was going to be more than just a monster of the week. I thought he almost kind of looks like he'd be a super-duper henchman, or he could have been a general type, whatever. But yeah, he's just a two-episode monster, but a really cool-looking one. Hurricane Dragon uh, was really cool. Probably my favorite of the dragon form so far. I guess it's that I just like all the green and black. The, the kind of slightly brighter green on the black, I think it's a really cool look. And... There's also something about the shape of the helmet, since Hurricane has the triangle, sort of the uh, the upside-down triangle, which, I don't know, it just works with the the way the dragon helmet is shaped with the sort of the horns coming off at an angle and all that. It just, it looks really cool to me, but I like the other ones, too. Okay, episodes 14 and 15. Another good storyline. Like I said, I really like the concept of the villains, particularly the sort of body horror aspect where they literally burst out of people and, and take their memories and their identities. And It is cool to see a story that deals with this, with a phantom who has to sort of confront the past of this guy that he basically killed and replaced. This You know, this guy that it's him, but it's not. Like, that's a cool idea. I feel like Kabuto did something like this with one of the worms. I think maybe, like, Uka Worm? Maybe it did with a couple of the worms. 
I don't know why. I'm just I'm I'm focusing on Uka Worm for some reason, but uh, it's an idea I really like, especially whenever you have identity-stealing monsters. This whole idea that the life they stole kind of catches up to them and, and, and maybe kind of messes them up in a way. That, that's really neat. Uh, also really cool is that it's a monster with a connection to Haruto, being the guy from the flashback when he first got the belt. That was a really neat touch. And I think it, it made the whole story a bit stronger as as a Haruto piece, you know. Again, sort of this is this is a, a storyline that I think was very much about him and his moral dilemma. Um, speaking of which, the big moral dilemma of this story is great. I think it's hard to say if it if it's right or wrong what what Haruto ultimately does, uh, but I really like that. Like I feel like he did the right thing, but I can see why you wouldn't. And there's certainly you can make a good argument why he wouldn't, and I like that there's no definitive answer. Like it's it's a really interesting message to, to send for the kiddies. I gotta say that it's sometimes it's okay to lie for the greater good, that sort of thing. Yeah, I like that. And also, I, for some reason, I just I find the scenes when the lizard man is trying to kill him as they're taking the shortcut you know, on the way to the school. I just find those really funny for some reason. Again, I think it's Haruto's actor, where he just, he sells that he is just so fascinated by this compactor smashing the car, and he's completely oblivious to what's going on. I don't know, that just made me chuckle for some reason. But there you go. All right, and episode 16, what can I say? It's a Christmas episode, and I loved it. Uh, they tell a really good, heartwarming story in under 24 minutes, and it still has some great action. Phoenix gets to be an absolute monster, and I think I really did gasp out, uh, oh no, when the presents got torched. That, it was one of those things where I sort of thought it was coming, but I was like, oh, that that's too cruel. They can't do that. But then they did. That was, yeah, intense. But then, on top of it all, Santa Claus himself shows up, which was just completely insane, but awesome too and they worked in the ring that was sold with the christmas cake that that was the, that saved the day who saw that coming you know i think everyone expected it was just going to be some goofy toy only thing but nope there it is it it's in the episode and merry christmas indeed that's all i can say but yeah i i called this the best christmas episode ever on twitter I don't know if I would say that. That was me kind of being silly. But I think it was a really good one. Like, it was a really good Christmas episode. And I, I like that they got it done in in under, you know, in just one episode. Like, it was, it's a one, it's it's something I can put on every year now when I watch my Kamen Rider Christmas episodes and, and get the whole story. And, yeah, I, I just, I really love this one. And it's got Santa. I mean, that that just made me laugh out loud. It was so goofy, but... It was it was great. Okay, I haven't done a very good job of not talking about the characters, which was the original plan. Uh, I think I've talked about just about everyone, but, you know, in case you want sort of my thoughts on the characters up to this point, I'll go through them all, all the main ones anyway. Starting with Haruto himself, who, as you can probably tell, I really like. I think he's a good leading guy. Uh, I'm, I'm very interested in his story, and I like his personality, He's sort of a simple character, I would say, in that he doesn't really have much of a life outside of being Comrade Wizard. Uh, but that, I'm okay with that. 
I mean, it's sort of nice, uh, especially coming off of Forze, where Gentaro had his whole school life, too. And you could argue that the school life was oftentimes very much mixed with him being Forze. There wasn't a whole lot of him just sitting around taking math tests and things like that, which was one of the things I liked about the show, was that it, it still kept the focus on the fact that he was a common rider above all. But I think you can say that that's definitely the case with Haruto, where he gets up, you know, gets out of bed, and he's like, I'm going to go find some phantoms, and, and goes out driving, and occasionally gets a new ring from the guy he's currently sponging off of. I don't exactly know how he makes money, but he does it somehow. Maybe he can just pull it, he uses the connect ring and, and pulls it out of another dimension or something. I don't know, but... Yeah, I like his character. I like how he's got this very traditional rider aspect to him, where he has this burden that that he care that he shoulders, and he doesn't want anybody else to have to deal with that. He he sort of feels he he you don't get the sense that he thinks wizard is being wizard is really a good thing, but he does sort of enjoy it in a way. I think he does. Let me try to explain this better. Um, to me, an aspect of Common Riders and and superheroes in, in general, but especially you know just focusing on Common Rider, uh, an aspect that I really enjoy is the whole idea of sort of being a hero because it's a responsibility, but also kind of secretly enjoying it in a way and kind of almost getting the sort of high off of saving people and and doing the right thing and all that, and that when that's over, you miss it and uh, you know again I got to go back to Missing Ace which is a movie that is is controversial and a lot of people aren't fans of, but I think has some just brilliant themes in in how it deals with the idea of what do these characters do when the show is over, when Kamen Rider Blade is over, and and it's not they're not the characters of Kamen Rider Blade anymore. They're just people trying to live normal lives and finding they just can't do it. It's just it's boring and mundane, and and they're not happy with 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 the the roles that they're in now for the most part. You know they've got the piece, but they're just they're missing that that spark that they had when they were in the show and were fighting monsters and and facing danger and all that. And you know I don't know I, I maybe to a degree that was all kind of unintentional and that was not the writer's intent, but that's what I took out of it. And I just I think it's a really cool idea that whole concept of wanting to to do good. You know, knowing that it's it's a it's a tough it's a tough life and it's not a fun life, but at the same time you do kind of secretly enjoy it, and that's really what I get from Haruto. I get that sense that he he's secretive and he's aloof and he doesn't want to talk too much about certain things. You know that that part where Rinko walks in on him sort of recharging Koyomi, and they want to just dodge the whole question and all that, but he does like what he does at the same time he you know he likes being a hero and and helping people out and and being that hope because that that ties into what he was like even before he became wizard which is another really interesting thing about him is that he's he's wizard but he's also sort of a, an unborn phantom in a way he's got the dragon inside of him and that reminds me a lot of of Fies, that whole idea of you're a common writer, but you're also something else. Fies and and also I guess Kiva too, to an extent. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm really liking him. I I like his actor. I like what he does, 
I'm interested to see where he goes from here, especially when he's got somebody else to play off of, somebody who hopefully will be as interesting of a character. I'm I'm really looking forward to Beast and what he'll be like and how how they'll interact because I I do think that having another rider always does kind of bring out more from the main character. Like I think Gentaro liked him before Meteor showed up, but once Meteor did show up, I think you really got some great stuff out of him as a as a character and how he how he dealt with that. Uh and, and the same thing with in double with Excel any time when you have a, a secondary rider, I think, or another rider, or even a character, if they're not a rider, you know, like you go back to X and Apollo Geist, really kind of like takes things to a whole new level. Or with any major villain, Dr. Shinigami, you know, you could go down the list, but... Yeah, Haruto, I'm, I'm liking him a lot. Uh, Kayomi, like I said, she had a pretty good storyline that really kind of got into who she is and why she is like she is and all that and we still get bits of it even later like in 14 and 15 when it's Haruto takes her out shopping and you get the sense that's not something they do very often yeah I like her and I hope that she's a character that still has a lot of potential and there's a lot of places they could go with her and I hope that they do I hope they uh, take her in some interesting directions especially the whole idea of, of what she is and there's kind of a, a an almost a very sort of freaky aspect to it that she is someone who is like the remains of of a person who had the phantom emerge from them so like will we see what that phantom was that'd be pretty cool to have that come back in somehow like there'll be an evil version of her running around i don't know i i'm really excited to see what they do with her rinko like i said she may not be the character a lot of people want her to be but I still kind of like her. I like that her and, and Shunpei, I really kind of have to talk about them together because they both have become a sort of moral support backbone to the team of Haruto and Koyomi. Like, they're great characters, but they're also very mysterious and, and they don't talk about things all the time. And in a way, I guess Rinko and Shunpei are kind of the audience identification figures almost. Like, where you know, seeing we're getting st- stuff through them to a degree. Uh, I mean, I, I think you could argue that's that's not the case, but that's just my off-the-top-of-my-head feeling right now. Now, I do think uh, they are pretty wacky, and I wonder if, if the reason for that is, like, they were on the brink of despair, and then Haruto saved them, and they're just, they're so happy now. They're just full of life and energy, and uh, and that, that's actually kind of nice, if that's the explanation. It might not be. It might just be, well, they, they told them they're, they're written and directed to just be over-the-top goofy all the time, because they are pretty goofy a lot of the times, I gotta say. And again, that ties into, you know, if you wanted Rinko to be a an Ichijo type, uh, I don't think she's that, but like I said, I still do like her, and and we do occasionally get back to the whole idea that she's a cop. I think they could they could certainly do more with it. There's there's still room to improve, uh, to take her sort of back to her roots. Because uh, in the first episode, I thought she was really really good, and it, even if it was just like that, I mean, I know that maybe you can't go all the way, and and get you know get bogged down in like the police procedural stuff where this guy sitting around in meetings talking about different varieties of guns and stuff like that. Uh, I, you know, I get that we, we probably can't go back to that, but I think you could still do some pretty good stuff with her as is. And and with Shunpei, too, where I like this idea that he 
is sort of accepted that he can't be a, a magic user, but he still wants to do good. I, I guess that's the thing about his character. Yeah, I get that some people are just going to find him annoying because he is very over the top wackiness and uh, very kind of like physical slapstick comedy. I mean, he's always falling over and stuff like that. And I could see how you could get tired of that pretty easily. At the same time, I feel like if they really play up this whole idea of him being a guy who is pretty useless, but at the same time just wants to do good and wants to help out and, and has a good heart underneath this, this you know, legs of rubber, pretty much, um, legs and face and the rest of his body, uh, then, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I can't say I hate him. I, I'm just, I'm sort of, you know, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> he's not my favorite character ever or anything, but I don't hate him. I'm interested to see where they take take him from here. And again, same thing with Rinko. Same thing with all the characters. They're all sort of in this this phase where Haruto, I I definitely like. I love the character. I can't wait to see him every week now. And I I'm really digging Kiyomi too. But the other the other two of the main sort of four anyway, um, I'd like to see what they do with them. Now I guess the other guy, of course, is uh, Wajima. Uh, who I, I really like. I, I love this whole idea that he's he makes the rings and all that and, and kind of hints at this slightly dark story where I'm assuming the somehow the white wizard character uh, maybe talked to him or communicated with him or almost in, you know went into his dreams and told him to make them or whatever. But I, I just sort of like the idea that he, he gets these stones and he's like, all right, yeah, I'll make the rings. And he comes out with these amazing weapons of mass destruction basically i mean you know on their own they're just rings but when combined with haruto's magic they act as these these sort of focusing points that he uses to to have these different spells and everything and uh i don't know they, they again a really good actor and he just kind of uh he makes me laugh with how he's very low-key with everything he's very kind of blasé he's like oh yeah yeah i'm running a antique shop where i make magical rings for this guy who's bumming off me and we got these little animals flying around and <laughs> i don't know he's he's a good uh i always you know i, I always like the the kind of older tachibana-esque character the pops of the show that sort of thing and so he's he's a good one I, i'm liking him uh, the villains, I guess, they're sort of the other major characters of the show. And I, I already talked about Medusa and Phoenix a lot and how if I wasn't too sold on them at the beginning, I am now. I'm, I'm really liking them a lot. Uh, they're, they're pretty cool. Good act, actor and actress with actually really good chemistry together. I think I, I like how Phoenix is very emotional and, and fiery and everything, and then Medusa's a lot more cool, and she kind of tolerates him. They've almost got this, like, sister-brother thing going on. Um, but the other villains are, are cool, too. The the Phantoms, as a concept, I really like, because, again, it, it goes back to that classic writer idea of the monsters being humans. You know, literally, in this case, where they humans were taken, captured, brought to this ceremony where the monsters then sort of burst out of them. And it's it's really, it's a, a pretty disgusting idea, but it's it's good. It's it's Kamen Rider. It's it's very true to, to Kamen Rider and, and the whole idea of, of the monsters being us. Or at least they were at some point. And, you know, as we saw with the Lizard Man, they kind of have to deal with the fact that they were 
and that's cool. I'd I'd really be interested to see if they do a story where Haruto doesn't get to save somebody. You know how he he goes into the underworld and all that. What if there's one where the the bad guys actually succeed? You know the gate is is shattered, and suddenly we have a character who up until that point had been a good person, but now we got to see the evil version of them. That and the the evil Koyomi. I I hope we see those by the end. Those would be <laughs> interesting stories to tell but yeah the villains are really cool the main villain the wise man character i don't really know what his deal is at this point other than the guy who's literally the you know the man behind the curtain um his monster form is interesting i'm not really sure what the the theme is exactly other than i guess he's a wise man but <laughs> i don't know i'm looking forward to seeing him and the white wizard character too uh, is he going to be another rider, or is he sort of just a an off-screen... You know, what is his deal exactly? Is he like the skull of the show, where, you know, he's he's mentioned and, and referred to, and he, he sort of... he He's always there in spirit, in a way. I don't know, but uh, he, he's pretty cool, and he was a big surprise, too. I don't remember seeing that much about him before he actually appeared at least in the next episode trailer after episode one. But yeah, it's pretty cool. And I love how he's got like the, the ring bandoliers and everything. He's got a cool design. I'd like to see, I'd like a toy of him. I'll say that much. <laughs> uh, all right. So from there, I'll just kind of move into some miscellaneous thing before I wrap this up, including wizard himself. Uh, I really like him. I love the costume. I've, like I said, I've I've sort of grown accustomed to the idea that he is now he is the face of Kamen Rider. Um, I like all the different styles. I guess the sort of the big difference between them is really is that they can use different spells. Uh, there doesn't seem to be anything beyond that in the sense that like the land one is really strong compared to the others, or the the water one is faster or whatever. I, I mean, I guess Hurricane probably you could say is maybe the fastest. That's just sort of that's how it looks to me. But they, you know, he has the different magic spells in each one, and that's that's a pretty cool idea. And the different, uh, especially when it gets into the dragon forms, the different finishers and things like that. I mean, they all have different finishers, but with dragon, you especially can tell because he's got the, the little dragon body parts, which is a, a neat idea. And it sort of it makes it justifies why when I first saw flame dragons, where the the dragon head came out of his chest, it was like. That's okay, but couldn't they have given him a rider kick or something where he slashes with the swords or whatever? But it makes sense now that we've seen the others. You know, one has the wings, one has the tail. I think the land one will have the claws. And, uh, you know, of course, he'll have a form that uses them all. Uh, he already did in Ultimatum, but apparently there's another one that's like, there's something different about the colors. I don't know what the story is there, but uh, yeah, I like all those. But yeah, Wizard, uh, I'm really digging him. His bike, his giant dragon that turns into a giant foot when combined with his bike and <laughs> all that stuff. That's cool. The action in the show is really good. Uh, there's some really cool fight scenes. Even just from the uh, the word go, like when they do the transformation. Uh, especially in episode 16 had a really cool transformation where like Haruto was running up a wall and he flips back into the, the thing and turns into wizard. That's really cool, but yeah, the the fight scenes in the show I'm really liking. They they all have a nice sort of distinctive style to them, but they don't 
they they always feel uh, unique in their own way too. Like whenever he fights one of the monsters, or even fighting the ghouls, they always kind of do something different or or cool with each one. Every time there's a fight, I'm just really interested to see you know what are they going to do this time? What's what powers will he pull out? What will the monsters do? Stuff like that. It's really uh, it's really fun to watch the fight scenes in this show. I gotta say, and I like the fight scenes in Forza too, but. Uh, you know, again, there was like there was a certain style to those, and then Wizard has his style, and I've I've gotten really accustomed to it. I'm really sort of into this very fluid, uh, almost balletic style when he's spinning around with the sword and twirling through the air and all that. And I love that we have henchmen as a regular feature again, because I I think that's just to me that is common rider. You know, you got to have the the bad guys outnumber the hero, and having these having the mooks thrown in. I mean, even though, even if they're they're not that much of a threat, and the hero just kind of plows through them, at least you still get this whole idea that, well, he's up against a whole bunch of guys, and, you know, if they got the drop on him, they could get him. And sometimes they do, and uh, hopefully we'll start seeing some of that, too, because I do have to say, Wizard has been pretty routinely kicking butt. I mean, some of the monsters give him a hard time. I wonder if that's just a thing with the writer, because I noticed that a lot in Hibiki, where Hibiki... He just wiped the floor with everybody up until I think it was like episode thirteen or something. I mean, he would get injured and stuff like that, but he would be back on his feet pretty quickly. Uh, but you know, then again, we had the the whole thing with like Phoenix, where Wizard couldn't even touch him, and uh, again with Medusa. And I liked how he sort of realized that he's like, this isn't one of those regular phantoms. Is <laughs> we're in trouble now. But but you know, that's that's cool. Uh, I'm liking all that. Um. The music in this show, I love. Now, the songs are kind of interesting in that. I haven't really listened to all the songs on their own yet. I've, I've heard them when they're played in the show, and they're good. But I think I have to listen to insert or battle themes on their own because when it's playing during the show, you've got all the sound effects and the action and the dialogue and all that sort of c- crowding it out. So you hear bits and pieces, and you know I like it, but i got to listen to them on their own. The main theme, the first time I heard it, I was like, I don't really know if that's a good battle theme. I mean, it's it's an upbeat song and all that, but I don't know how you could set that to a fight scene. But sure enough, in the very first episode, the very first fight scene, that's what they do. They play the main theme over it. And then they, they do that again in, a, in Ultimatum during a really cool battle scene. So, uh, yeah, it is a good... You, you can set it to a fight scene or an action sequence, and it, it fits, and... I've I've gotten used to it, you know. I get hyped up whenever I hear it now, so it's good. Um, but the incidental music in the show, I love the the theme they play. I think almost every episode, when Wizard shows up or when he starts fighting, whatever the 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 real kind of dramatic choral stuff is is so good. Like I I can't wait to get the uh, soundtrack for the show because. Uh, I'm going to play that over and over again. I'll have it as my alarm theme or my (laughs) cell phone ring or something. I don't know. Um, But yeah, yeah, great music in this show. And I guess speaking of music, I should sort of touch on the the voice of the belt, which when it first came out, I mean, when Wizard first started, I I was one of the people who was like, I don't know about this one. I think the belt's doing a little too much talking. And I don't know. I just, I felt like if there was any show where you could, 
you know, where you could we could sort of break away from the, the now tradition of having the talking belts, then this would be the one. You could give it just sort of these these cool magical sounds or, or even like little song snippets like uh, Denos, and, and that would be cool, like a sort of like sparkly noise or something, whatever. Um, I'm I'm used to it by now, like I said, <laughs> I think. Uh, I've gotten used to it, and I do still think it's a bit funny because... Again, this goes back to the the incidental music where it it gets so dramatic sometimes, and the with the stuff going on where Haruto's like I won't forgive you, and I'm gonna be your last hope, and all that, uh, and then that belt voice comes on, and and says all the stuff about you know it keeps saying please and fabulous and everything and <laughs> brilliant and all the noises, but. You know, I, I guess I just I sort of reached a point where I was like, well, that's that's Common Rider, you know, that you got to get used to that. I mean, because Forze had the talking belt and O's had the singing belt, and you know, and I thought those were cool, so I, I'm I'm okay with this one. <laughs> I've, I've gotten used to it. I've accepted it for what it is, but um, <laughs> there is there is still something about it that that does kind of make me chuckle. But yeah, it's cool. I think that's about it for sort of the major things I want to cover. So to kind of, I guess, summarize, uh, you know, based on the first 16 episodes so far, I'm really liking the show, and I'm really interested to see where it goes from here because there is still room to improve. I mean, I as much as I like the show, I can admit they can do more with the characters, with story elements, things like that. And if you haven't been a big fan of the show, hopefully there'll be something coming along that'll you know, lure you back in. Like, I think Beast is going to be a really interesting moment and will be a good point to sort of jump back into the series and see what his story is about. Because I think you usually get that with the secondary riders. Uh, in Forze, Gentaro, I really like. He's a good character, but he is a pretty simple character. He wants to become friends with everybody. He wants to be a hero. You know, there you go. Then you have Ryusei coming with his whole story about He's trying to find this one particular Zodiac, and he's got a friend to save and all that. And that was really good, compelling stuff. And then how he comes into conflict with Gentaro and, and the Rider Club and everything. And I think, you know, for some people, even if they liked the show before that, that was a moment where it got a, a real infusion of energy. And if they weren't as big fans of the show, maybe that's where they jumped into it again and, and said, okay, I really like this character. I like what he's bringing to the show. You know, that's that's usually sort of how it is with uh, additional riders, with the secondary riders or, or others. You know, there's people who, for them, the best part of Ryuki was when Oja comes in, or the best part of Blade is Chalice or the Angle or whatever. You know, it just depends. I mean, in, in my case, I'm liking the show as it is right now, but I'm, I'm very excited to see where it goes from here. I'm, I'm really looking forward to Beast and what will come to the show when he comes in and where things are going to go with Wizard himself or with the villains or with the side characters. Just It's really it's really an exciting time um, to be a Kamen Rider fan. But especially, at least for Wizard, it's really an exciting time for Wizard, too, because we're past all the introductory stuff. They're still going to have to do uh, Land Dragon at some point. But we've got pretty much all the the major cast, I think, other than, you know, any secondary writers or whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm <laughs> running out of stuff to say at this point, just kind of rambling, but hopefully you understand what I'm getting at, which is that I like Wizard, 
and uh, I, I'm really excited to see where it's going to go during the next year and what it's all going to build up to in the end. Uh, so, yeah, overall, it, in my opinion, good show. All right, but I think that just about wraps it up for this episode of Rider Break, because if I go on any further, I'm going to just dissolve into a blob of nonsense and, and babbling. So <laughs> this is probably a good place to end it. Hopefully some of what I said made sense. I'm sorry if I kind of <laughs> just rambled there, but that's what happens when you get me talking about Kamen Rider. I think I'll try to get one more episode out before the end of 2012. And then next year, I don't know, we'll see what happens. Because uh, there's a lot of stuff on my mind these days, and there's a lot of stuff I want to try to do. And at some point, I'm going to try to get something that's not a Rider Break episode put on the site. Uh, but we'll see what happens. But yeah, that, that wraps it up for me. Have a happy holidays, whatever you celebrate. Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever. Festivus, I don't know. Whatever it is, uh, have a happy holiday. Stay safe. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. Merry Christmas. Oh, どうも.